It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The uh, books that he has authored. Rocky Mountain Getting Started Guide, Month-by-Month Guide, and many, many others at Amazon. Very reasonably priced and well-illustrated. Anyway, I noticed my lawn has has lost a little bit of its dark green luster. It's it's turning a little, uh, it's getting a little pale, shall we say. I think it's the time of year. It slows down a little bit this time of year. And so you might think at your house about perhaps cutting back just a little bit on on the watering because the temperatures are down. Uh, for one reason, and think about that fall aeration and fall fertilizing, which you should do sometime in the next three or four weeks or so. Aerating uh, is good for the lawn, gets oxygen down to the roots and opens up that that compacted, matted uh, turf uh, under your lawn and then throw some fertilizer in there, some good fertilizer, and you're all set. Your lawn is all set for uh, for winter. Speaking of fertilizer, if you want to get a hold of John during the week and just ask him a question, you can go to the Rich Lawn Turf Farm website, and there's a little icon there called Ask the Plant Doctor, and you can uh, ask John a question. Here's an email. By the way, 303-713-8255 is our telephone number. Uh, email from Scott. This is a good one. We haven't talked about these for a while. Do you recommend a solar-powered attic fan? Does it really help, or uh, or are a lot of vents uh, going to do the same job? If you like a solar-powered attic fan, what it should cost to have one installed. Solar-powered attic fans are very pricey, as I remember, and a little gimmicky. You know, the theory is that they don't require any uh, external power, just the sun charges the battery and spins a little fan, and that's fine, particularly in a vaulted ceiling area where you can't get to uh, to it underneath to add some more ventilation. But the last time I checked, they can be as much as 300 bucks a piece. So be a little careful. The price is a little too high uh, for me. And I just think uh, vents, uh, that you know, passive roof vents are as good. Because here's the thing about solar-powered uh, attic fans. They work 12 months a year when the sun is shining. And so they suck heat out of your attic in the wintertime, which is, you know, you kind of want to retain that heat and hang on to it. So you, you want to, uh, if you have a solar-powered attic fan or two, you want to shroud them in the winter so they quit spinning to conserve that that uh, input from the sun, that passive solar heat in your in your attic. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I just don't think they're worth uh, the investment. I really don't. I think passive roof vents do a good job providing, and with all attic ventilation, it has to. It's a. It's a. It's an input and an output thing. The air has to come in the bottom of the attic somehow, and escape out the top. It's not enough to just put a vent on top of your attic and and let it go because uh, it'll be very inefficient because it has nowhere to draw the incoming air from the cooler air, and that's what soffit vents are for. A soffit vent low and a roof vent high is a good, efficient system to get heat out of your attic in the in the summertime. But as I say, in the winter, uh, you want to cut down on that 
uh, heat loss. You don't want the uh, you you don't want it to uh, escape from your attic any more than necessary. Like if you have turbine vents, those are very efficient. Those are the ones that spin on your rooftop. If you have turbine vents, you want to shroud those in the winter to keep those from uh, from uh, spinning. So um, just hang on to that heat in the wintertime, but you want to get rid of it in the summer. And of course, my old uh, the old standby I've talked about many times on the program. You've heard me say this, I'm sure, before. Gable vents are really kind of my favorite. They combine the, the best of both worlds, the high passive roof vents and the low soffit vents. Uh, gable vents let air blow straight through the attic uh, and really uh, are very efficient at getting rid, rid of uh, summertime summertime heat. And they're, they're, they've been with us forever. They're the kind of the old way to ventilate uh, an attic. The roof vents that some people call turtle vents, they're the square ones that sit near the top of your roof peak. They're just passive. They just are about 12 uh, inches square, and they just sit there and let the heat escape. The problem is there are snow screens underneath. you got to do this because snow will blow into your attic otherwise. But the snow screen is kind of a dense mesh and cuts down on the heat transfer. So, so uh, passive roof vents are sort of okay, but... You can't beat gable vents for getting heat out of your attic. So solar-powered attic vents, the theory's good, but like many uh, many systems that we spend money on to save energy, I'm not sure they're worth the expense. 303-713-8255 is our contact line. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call right here on Around the House.
From your faucet to your furnace, Ken Moon has solutions around the house. 20 minutes after 9 o'clock, good to have you with us here on the program. We're glad you uh, are taking time out of your busy weekend to share it with us here on the Around the House program. Uh, we'd love to hear from you this morning. 303-713-8255 is the, is the contact line. 713-TALK. Uh, let's see here. Email from, um, this is from Lee. Um, let's see. Oh, he was just complimenting me, um, uh, about my weekly column, which I, by the way, I don't talk about enough, but I'm pat myself on the back. I write a, a weekly newspaper column. It is in the Gazette in the Springs, but you can get it online. I've written that for, you know, going on like 26, 27 years now. Uh, it's about six or well, about actually about uh, seven to 800 words. It depends on, uh, on the question and how long the answers are, but you know, it's a medium-sized column with four or five Q&As in the middle of it. And if you want to see it, it's at the AroundTheHouse.com uh, website. Uh, the one last week on the 7th was about furnace cleaning. It's that time of year, of course, to get your furnace checked out and about duct cleaning. Speaking of duct cleaning, Margaret, can you recommend a home air duct cleaning company that works in the Longmont area? Well, I, I told her to call Brian, my Eagle Crest guy, and see if he has a recommendation or referral um, it's if you want a duct cleaning uh, company, I would go to the furnace folks that do your your service, uh, your uh, annual furnace and air conditioning service. They'll have a referral for you. But Margaret says, in your experience, is it worthwhile to have this done? My son recently bought a home in Longmont and thinks the air isn't clean. He's allergic to several plants and to cats, and the former owner has had a dog. He's thinking the duct work could be pretty dirty. Well, listen, um, it might be, but I doubt it. Most most houses most houses don't need professional duct cleaning. Some do, but here's how you differentiate that. And Margaret, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked it because uh, duct cleaning, shall we say, is a little over marketed. Um, I think the, the marketing tends to lean towards the hysterical: uh, Are you coughing and wheezing and can't breathe and can't sleep and all that? Well. Maybe re other reasons for that, but you can check the inside of the duct yourself. Fairly easy to do. A couple of different ways to do that. If you can get your cell phone camera in a couple of your furnace ducts and aim it down uh, to you know towards the furnace end of the duct, you can snap a picture and then take a look at it. Uh, if you can, if you can get your hand and your phone down in the hole, be careful. You have to really be careful because there's a lot of sharp screws that intrude into those ducts where they connect them all together. So be very careful doing that. You can remove the, you know, the uh, vent on the floor of your furnace duct and shine your camera down there and take a flash picture. It might take two or three before you get it lined up properly. And take a look. Or you can also use a, uh, and this is the way we used to do this before smartphones came along, is to use a swivel mirror. I have a couple of different swivel mirrors on my uh, workbench. Uh, like They're like a dentist's mirror, only they're made for the workshop. Uh, this is a good way to locate stuff that falls behind things, that, furniture and a refrigerator and all that. You can locate them. You can also look at your furnace ducts very easily. Get a bright LED flashlight and that swivel uh, mirror. Do this after the sun goes down because you don't want a lot of extraneous light in the room. And just shine it down there, bounce the light off the mirror, 
and look at the ducts also. Do this at two or three different locations in your house. And chances are you're going to see shiny metal. Now, if you have an older home, the galvanized metal may not be as shiny as you used to, but you'll probably just see sheet metal down there. And um, if that's what you see, you probably don't need to get your ducts cleaned out. If you see, on the other hand, clingy dust and other material, grime and so on, chunks of material that are clinging to the inside of the metal ducts, well, maybe it's time to get the ducts cleaned and uh, and that's uh, you know a good idea if your ducts are indeed dirty. This usually applies to older houses, especially older houses where uh, we haven't had good uh, furnace care. Maybe they d didn't use good furnace filters or any furnace filters at all for that matter. And houses that have pets, dogs, and cats in them are particularly susceptible to this. But if you've been religious about your furnace filter, changing the filter, using a good one, one of those corrugated paper filters that I always recommend, uh, you're probably going to be fine. Your ducts will be fine. So uh, that's how you check it out yourself. A duct cleaning uh, comes in different forms. Uh, there, there is a, a brush system. There's a vacuum system. You're going to have to kind of differentiate. I like the uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, the scouring system where there's a brush that you shove down in the ducts and and uh, with air pressure you kind of suck all that dust into a a big shop vac versus just straight air pressure. Some Companies will just like to put an air hose down there and blast away. Well, the problem is if the duct's 12 or 15 feet long, you don't get all the way to the end. So you'll have to kind of pick and choose your duct cleaning company. But usually it's not necessary. I don't have any percentages for you particularly, but uh, it's not something that, that is very common. Uh, there's a, a kind of an old wives' tale that when, we, when they market duct cleaning services, they talk about builders leaving junk in your duct's sawdust and lumber and lunches and chicken bones and soda pop cans and everything. The fact of the matter is I was a builder for, for you know, 20 plus years. And the fact is that builders are very scrupulous about their furnace ducts. Here's what you do when you, when the furnace company comes and puts the initial ducting in and the furnace itself before the sheetrock goes in, they put uh, metal plates over all the duct openings uh, to protect them. Uh, and uh, and then the sheet rockers, you know, insulators and sheet rockers come, and the sheet rockers might pry up the corner of a few of those plates to get some heat circulation to dry out the taping compounds. But generally, those plates stay in place. They allow a little sawdust, maybe a little drywall dust to get in there. But heating companies, just before the the you, you the folks move in, just before usually after the carpet goes in, will come in with a big shop vac and suck out anything that might have gotten trapped down in those ducts. They, they shove the hose down into the, into the heat ducts and are very good about getting all that material out there that, that, that's left. So if you're in a new home, you can take a look yourself, but generally speaking, builders and heating contractors are, uh, are very scrupulous uh, about, um, about getting the ducts clean before the new folks uh, move in. So that's the story on duct cleaning. If you have some questions or comments, 303-713-8255. Email here from Helga. Water and sewer line protection is the subject. The uh, There's a company that keeps sending mail about water and sewer line protection. Is this something a person should have? State Farm offers a program of $500 deductible, and they cover up to $10,000 and cost $23 a year. That's probably a pretty good investment for your uh, sewer 
protection. Here's the thing about sewer and water protection. The folks that, that uh, send you these notices, and uh, they have to, have to make a profit, and so they're taking a, a gamble, like with most insurance companies, that uh, the, the risk is not going to happen. They're willing to assume the risk because thousands of people pay them premiums every month. But water lines almost never, ever fail because they're a continuous piece of a solid piece of pipe that comes all the way up into your house. Sewer lines, of course, in older homes, uh, they can indeed plug up and break down and so on. So, uh, you know, I could sort of justify a little bit sewer line insurance coverage, but there are big deductibles and a lot of fine print. Uh, about sewer line coverage, so you got to check that out. Generally, I don't think it's worth it. Um, if your homeowner's insurance company offers it, as Held uh, indicates, that's probably a pretty good way to go. Let's talk to Mike in Longmont. Mike, good morning. You're on the air with Ken Moon around the house. How's it going? Hi, Ken. Hey, Hi. I got a question on the gable vents. Yeah. Uh, I have a bi-level house, and on one side, I talked to you about this one time before, but I did put a uh, so, uh, two vents. One side is just air, airflow. Yeah. And the other side has got the fan on it. Uh, oh, yeah. The winter, a, a, an attic it? fan? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, gable fan. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And what, and what's the, the question? One side, uh, do I need to turn that off in the winter? It's it's probably got a thermostat that turns it on and off. Most of those, yeah, might... yeah, it does. But but on the other, on the okay, the east side of the house has the electric fan. Right. The west side of the house is just airflow. Right. I, I think the most of those thermostats are set at 105 Fahrenheit, and so you're not going to ever get that hot up in the attic in the in the winter time. So you'll still have some passive. Uh, some passive sunshine uh, heating by the sun uh, that'll leak into your house. So I would just let it go. It won't run in the winter in the winter time. And actually, there's a side benefit Whoa. there too. When I was talking about gable vents, if they, if you know, sometimes they can let snow blow in the house. And the most northerly facing gable vent, sometimes it's helpful to put a piece of cardboard or plywood or even an old furnace filter over that gable vent for the winter months to keep the snow out, at least one, so you don't get that cross breeze from the north or northwest uh, compass, uh, uh, you know, part of the compass where, where, all, the, where all of the uh, snow tends to come from. But in your case, you have that uh, attic fan in there, the gable vent fan, so that'll keep the cross breeze from building up, and I think you're going to be fine. No, I just let it go because it won't run well, in the wintertime. All right. Good to hear from you, Mike. Thanks for your call. We'll be right back. 303-713-8255. Right here on Around the House. Well, I got a nice email here uh, from Lance. Uh, after years of hearing about Eagle Crest on your show, I finally had them come out to go over the furnace. Uh, he, uh, Brian and Corey stopped by, cleaned the flame sensor, checked things out. Only charged me 49 instead of 69. They didn't find anything wrong with my 18-year-old furnace. Uh, I'm very happy with the service I received and wanted you to know that. Finally, somebody that takes care of the customer. I'll hire them if I need anything. You can bank on that. Thanks for recommending stand-up companies. Well, that's a nice 
email, Lance, and I do appreciate it very much. I know Brian does also. This is the kind of service you get from Brian. Just what you need when you need it. No technicians on commission since 1983. So it's time to get the furnace checked at your house. He'll do the furnace and AC for 89 or the furnace for 69. If you listen to the program, just tell him and give him a call, 303 451 5607 for Eagle Crest. You two will send me an email when you give Brian a call, 303 451 5607. Got a fix-it problem at your house? Ken Moon can help. Call 303-713-TALK. That's 303-713-8255. That's 8255. That's the telephone number. Bill has a stucco question. He's in the Springs listening on KRDO. Good morning. Hi, Bill. Good morning, sir. How you doing? All right. Hey, I've got about, um, oh, six to eight square feet of stucco coming off the uh, the house. It's uh, The stuff that's coming off is connected to uh, the foundation, so it's coming off a cement, um, a concrete uh, interface. And um, it's in, it's, it's, it's at knee level uh, kind of thing, and um, I just have to get it uh, fixed and replaced. And uh, I'm just wondering... Uh, uh, because it's uh, that uh, only that height, and it's and it's coming off the cement. Is there any kind of a product that uh, that enhances the uh, uh, to adhesion to the foundation that can be applied? Well, you're that's a great question, and this is very very common uh, with concrete because you, you don't have the the chicken wire lath to hold it on the house. Uh, exactly. Concrete, of course, is has a lot of thermal mass, and so it expands and contracts as it gets cold and warm, uh, and the stucco is just clinging to it and just sloughs off uh, fairly quickly uh, in certain, you know, usually the north side of the house, but not always, and especially if it gets wet, if it gets rained on, uh, or if you get some, uh, you know, moisture that freezes. So it sloughs yeah. off easily, and um, without... There's no real guarantees if you were to restucco it, Bill, without any kind of lath behind it. Uh, the chicken wire, the mesh, is what holds regular stucco onto the house, but you don't do that on concrete. Uh, what I recommend people do, and I don't know if this would uh, light your fire or not, is just to scrape it all off and get some matching paint and just paint the foundation that color. How does that sound? It sounds all right, except that the uh, stuff that's coming off is, I'd say, is in the middle of a of an eight or ten foot stretch, uh, maybe uh, two, three feet high. So painting it would be a kind of uh, a sore on it. Uh, but fortunately, it's on the uh, it's on the two sides of the house that face other houses, and uh, yeah. so. I'm not worried about somebody on the street looking at it and say, "Oh, what a crappy job that is." Um, I understand. So well, I you could a, a couple of you could get a wide blade putty knife and scrape off the remaining stucco because I'll bet it'll loosen fairly quickly if this chunk has come off. The rest of it's probably just waiting to slough off the house, and then paint it. Or is a, you can re-stucco, but there's nothing that's going to guarantee that the stucco will fit, uh, will stick again. Uh, because it's just again the raw, uh, the raw concrete, um, and there's there's really unless you were to put some wire mesh on there, uh, and you can do that, 
uh, there's no guarantee that the new stuff won't slough off. So, yeah, I, I, I had a small area, about 6 inches by 10 inches, and my wife got me some of that DAP um, uh, sucker repair material, and that stuff seems to stick to everything. I uh, put it on some concrete and let it rest for oh, three weeks and tried to take a putty knife and peel it off, and it wouldn't peel. So yeah. that was that, that. That was a help in that, but I I can't uh, uh, my age and <laughs> dexterity can't uh, <laughs> uh, apply that to the eight to ten foot uh, square foot area. Yeah, that are really listen. Busy. If you want it, you could call a stucco company and and they'll come by and, and just replaster it for you. There's no guarantee yeah, that a, the re, there's no guarantee yeah, that the remaining stucco that you don't replaster will stay on the house. So as I say, this is just problematic when you're dealing with uh, with concrete. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah I, I just don't know any magic. If you're asking for any kind of a, a magic solution, I just don't have one. Uh, there are uh, uh, products um, that, uh, that more of a, an elastomeric product that you could find that's that's that is a little stickier than uh, than traditional yeah. uh, stucco. But um, I would sure. A call a stucco company if that's what you'd like. But trust me, the remaining stuff, if, if this chunk is sloughed off, it's just a matter of time before the rest of it comes off. Bill, thanks for Any your call. I don't have anybody company? at the top. Send me an email. Let me think about it. The problem, I was, thanks, you know, I was going to end it, and I slipped my mind, and you reminded me. Everybody's so stupid busy now building new homes it's hard to find somebody to come to a small job like this, so you'll end up with a handyman. And, of course, handyman uh, companies aren't as familiar with stucco as stucco contractors are. But send me an email. Uh, remind me of this conversation. I'll see if I can find a couple of handyman uh, company names for you, okay? Will do. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for your call. Nora in the Springs, listening also on KRDO. Good morning, Nora. Hey, what's going on? Um, we have bought a house, and uh, in the front yard we have three uh, ponderosa pine uh, trees, lovely yeah. trees. But um, we're wondering what your opinion is for gutter covers. Well, it's my opinion is sort of mixed, uh, Nora. The front of the house where all the pine trees are, which way does it face? South. Oh, that's good. I was hoping you'd say that. Uh, the the <laughs> negative part about gutter cover systems is they t can uh, create little ice dams and freeze up in the wintertime, but that's mostly on the north side of the house. Well, yeah, if you've got uh, ponderosa pines, you know they as you know they lose about a third of their needles uh, here in the fall. This, they're coming up now in this this fall season, uh, and they stick in everything, and of course in your gutters and your downspouts and so on. So gutter covers will help. There's a lot of systems around gutter helmet, leaf guard, and 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 three or four others. Uh, they're fairly well known. They're a little pricey, so you want to get a, you know, three at least three estimates. Uh, and I would just do the front of your house. If it's south facing, you're probably not going to have yeah. the ice dam uh, issue. So they will help. Now they're not a hundred percent. Pine needles, of course, are are very fine, and they can they could sneak through those gutter covers, but they won't do it as much as if you had no covers uh, at all. So I think in your situation where there's a lot of pine trees. Uh, they will help. Does that help you? It does. Um, in our investigation, we seem to find two different kinds. One is a mesh cover, and one is a cover over the top of the 
of the gutter. Um, right. You don't want the mesh. When you, have, when you have pine trees, you don't want the mesh kind because the pine needles will stick in the mesh. You can picture that. So you want the, I think you want the, right. uh, the, 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 the solid cover uh, would be okay. my recommendation okay. on that. Okay. Okay. I appreciate it so much. You, thank you for you taking got it. my call. Nora, thank, no, that's fine. Thank you. I think you'll have a lot less trouble uh, when you put a gutter, gutter cover system on there. I would just do it on the south side to avoid the ice dams. We'll be right back right here on Around the House. Need advice on your next home project? Back to Around the House with Ken Moon. It's 12 minutes before 10 o'clock. Nice to have you with us here on the program. Mike Wolf is engineering, producing today, taking your phone calls at 303-713-8255. And let's get Fred on the line in Jeffco. Hi, Fred. Good morning. Well, good morning, Ken. Say a, a kind of a multiple question in a way. Been finishing, refinishing my deck boards. Uh, and, of course, uh, underneath I find uh, the uh, joists and so on, some of them have to be replaced. When you yes. move those jack boards into a new position, of course, the, uh, the uh, support boards underneath the framing don't exactly line up with the old, <laughs> with the old uh, screw holes. And yeah. one question, does anybody have any idea how a person can fill those screw holes without a big problem what we're doing is sanding the boards and then replacing them but uh, that's one issue and the other is what you your opinion is of uh, of this treated lumber as used as deck boards how, how close is your deck to, to ground level Fred well I'll tell you it it, it rapidly changes from about uh, two feet clearance clear and just goes downhill from there to where it's about eight or ten feet about the Oh, okay. Well, if you're two feet, if the closest you are to the ground is two feet, uh, I don't think you really need to use treated lumber. Uh, but the, the but the secret is to put some tar paper uh, on top of the joint. You're going to sister new joists in. Is that what you're planning to do? Yeah, that's going to be the case. Some of them need to be removed too. Yeah. I don't want to re- well, tear the. I wouldn't thing remove out. the. Well, you can remove the old ones if they if they chunk out easily. If they're really rotten. You can just use a, uh, you know, a, a spud bar or a, some chisels or something, and, and and just or a sawzall, a reciprocating saw, and just get them out of there. But usually, if you leave an airspace between the old loud rotten joist and the new sister joist, uh, you don't need to get rid of the old one. But the secret uh, is we're not going to use treated lumber for this. We decided the secret uh, is to put a layer of ice and water shield on top of those. The, the new joist, that, that's that sticky tar paper. Right. Uh-huh. And that'll protect them almost forever, okay? okay. Well, that's good yeah. news. Uh, how yeah. about just the deck boards themselves? Do you think the, the uh, treated lumber is a, a good uh, use for that purpose? Or a good material um, I don't think purpose? you need to do that either. If you're two feet or more off the ground, you get plenty of air circulation underneath. I don't think you need to really, uh, to really do that as long as you keep it nicely... Uh, nicely stained. Do you have redwood now? What do you have now? Well, uh, it was redwood, but I'm going to have to do uh, it. was in pretty bad shape, so we're going to finish that with uh, uh, solid stain, bare solid stain, which right. covers up some of the imperfections. But uh, some of those boards will have to be replaced 
And as you're probably aware, redwood anymore is almost non-existent. Uh, that that you do find is is very very poor stuff. So I was thinking of a substitute for the red redwood. Well, the substitute can be, and I've used this uh, as I've told you all uh, uh, on the show a few times. There's a new pro well, a new product. It's it's southern yellow pine that's that is pressure treated. Because pine, of course, if you just use pine deck boards, they're going to last a year or two, and then they're, you know, at our elevation with our UV right. sun and all the weather, uh, they just don't last. But uh, they uh, pressure treat them, uh, and uh, I've used them, and they have a warranty on them, and they work nicely. Uh, they're, I got two by sixes, and I've had this deck now for I don't know four years or something like that, oh. and I'm very happy with it. So you might check out. Uh, southern pressure treated southern yellow pine. You, can, I, I got mine at Lowe's, but I'll bet Home Depot has it also. They're oh. two by six deck boards, and they seem to, and they're very moderately priced. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to price out some decent redwood, and it's almost non-existent. What you do find is running up around three dollars a foot, and that's just a construction grade. Yeah, it's like buying uh, it's like buying plush carpet or something, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's right. Very, well, very expensive. Thanks so much. I appreciate your help. Oh, hey, hey, Fred. As far as the nail holes go, yeah. you can use just some pla just get some plastic wood uh, th that'll harden up for you and then stain right over it. Yeah. Oh, all right, great. Well, okay, well, it's been a good morning for me, and I appreciate your help. Fred, I, I recognize your voice. I used to be. 25 years ago, give or 20 to 25 years ago on KOA, I did some talk, weekend talk radio, and I think you used to call in in those days, didn't you? Yes, I did once in a while, that's for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. So I'm good with voices, and I do recognize it, and I'm so tickled that you listen to my program. So well, uh, I appreciate a long-time talk it. radio listener listening. That's part of listen. my furthering education. Listen, what's, <laughs> okay. Well, listen. I hope I furthered uh, your your deck, uh, and I saved you some money today. I think that's uh, that's the point here, right? You bet. Nice uh, here again. You have a nice weekend, Fred. Thanks a lot for your call. Let's take a break, and then Don in the Springs has a uh, has a stucco uh, comment. Maybe we can solve the problem of our last listener about stucco sloughing off the house. So let's stay on schedule. Take this break. We'll be right back right here on Around the House. Things break around the house. That's why there's Around the House with Ken Moon. Five minutes before 10 now. Let's talk to Don in the Springs listening on KRDO. Good morning. Hey, Don. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. What You got some feedback, stucco feedback for us? Yes. Uh, several years ago, we did a large stucco project, and there's a product referred to as synthetic stucco pre-mixed in plastic five-gallon cans. Sure. Quite a bit more expensive than regular stucco mix on the site. However, it is extremely hard, no cracking, and it seems to stick to just anything. And, uh, well, I'm, on, I'm thankful uh, for that recommendation. That's I think that's what we, what we call in the inspecting business EIFS, which I don't know if you know that. Um, it's, it's exterior insulation and finishing system. Uh, this is where instead of using chicken wire and traditional stucco, we use uh, this material you're talking about over styrofoam. And there's been mixed results with that. Some people 
have gotten moisture issues with it and so on. But uh, if it well, worked for you... Well, let me tell you, where we, where we used it, Ken, we were building a huge addition on our home. Yeah. In addition, the outer walls were straw bale, the inner walls were sheetrock, and the window bucks and frames were OSB, and we used that on all of those surfaces and had no problem with it. So you you had a hay, you got a hay bale house, huh? We built a 18 by 42 addition on our home. Yeah. With 14 foot high cathedral ceiling, and we used uh, straw bales that we ordered from a rancher to make sure that it was not hay, and he uh, bailed them with an old baler, which was a size bale that they recalled for in the construction. Most bales are, are bigger nowadays, but I was able to get the um, 18 by 18 by 36 bales. And are you are you happy? Are you happy? Are you happy? Are you let me let me let me. I, I'm running out of time here. Are you happy okay. with your with your straw house? We used uh, uh, all the, all the outer walls, and I couldn't have been happier. Yeah. It's, well, that's good. It's very energy efficient. Yeah, you can't. You're right. You can't use. Hey, you have to use straw, but um, for lots of uh, of reasons, uh, Mother Nature type reasons. But uh, Don, thanks for the feedback. I, you know, I I don't know. I haven't heard of, of that stuff being necessarily stickier than traditional stucco. But if our caller is still listening, and I can't remember who that was, but anyway, uh, give that a try. The EIFS artificial man-made stucco product. Anyway, thanks for your. Uh, for your call, Don. Well, we're coming to the end of the hour number one of Around the House. We're glad you're you're with us. Thanks for sharing your weekend with us. If you uh, want to get um, a hold of me during the week for email conversation, that's aroundthehouse.com. You can uh, download podcasts of the show there, and uh, there's some blog areas and things you might enjoy, my weekly column. So you can do that at aroundthehouse.com. We'll be back at 10.06 after the news with more of your phone calls. 303-713-8255, right here on Around the House. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.